Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Um, I'm Matthew, I'm one of your hosts, and today we're talking about the last season of The Clone Wars. Uh, we had a couple things come up that made me have to uh, adjust recording schedules, so today we're going to talk about episode 5 and 6. Um, they're part of, obviously, uh, an arc that we're continuing, following the adventures of Ahsoka, so we're going to talk about both of those. So if you've only seen episode 5 so far, I'd advise hit pause, watch episode 6, and then come listen to this. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about uh, right after this commercial break. We have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, one of your hosts. Joining me as we do for the last season of The Clone Wars is uh, Paul. Paul, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. How, uh, yeah, so uh, today we get episode five and six. We have uh, the return of Ahsoka, who is a definite favorite of mine, and we left her at the end of the last couple seasons of Clone Wars really kind of dangling, not sure where, starting a whole new chapter of her life. And so I'm, I was really excited to see where, where she's going with this. What, what was your take on uh, kind of getting Ahsoka back? Um, she's one of my favorite characters in the, the Star Wars verse. So um, having some new stories with her in it is, is great. I'm really happy uh, to have that. Um, I think, was it the end of season five the last time that we yeah. saw her so it's yeah so that sort of plays in with i think the the kind of sort of odd nature of the sequence in which different things have been released where these episodes feel like they took place like right after the end of season five like she's just left the jedi right and kind of doesn't really know what to do next yeah which is interesting because it does seem like she's been aged up a couple of years, but um, right, we'll yeah, get to she's that like in a taller, second. right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so just for a quick summary, um, uh, basically Ahsoka is. We pretty much see her. Yeah, I think it looks like this is like the day she leaves the the Jedi, uh, and she goes off, and she winds up kind of delving into the the kind of lower levels of Coruscant, which we don't see much of, but we've always understood is like you know the poorer areas and the areas that are not really touched by the the high and mighty, and that's definitely played yeah. out in this episode. And by delving, um, you mean falling physically into. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, um, yeah, because it's all like, a, a, you know, the, the highest levels is, is the higher people. Um, and and she gets, um, she winds up befriending this person named Trace, who's kind of a, a mechanic type. And they kind of, you know, uh, Ahsoka's clearly trying to not let it be known who she is. But um, she uses her skills to, to help Trace somewhat uh, with some local disputes. We also meet Trace's sister, um, Rafi. And it's not Rafi, is it? Rafa, right? Rafa, yeah. Um, like we meet Nadal. the sister, um, <laughs> who, who's an older sister and in theory is taking care of Trace, but also seems to be into some kind of criminal underworld stuff, um, which then leads to episode six, where uh, all three of them kind of, uh, we find out that the older sister has made a deal to uh, run Spice from Kessel to somewhere to the uh, a criminal underworld. Uh, Ahsoka and Trace are kind of talked into this. They're not really happy about it. Ahsoka kind of tags along. Uh, they find out what the deal is. Uh, Trace and, oh no, sorry, Rafo and Ahsoka start arguing about what should happen to the spice. Um, and Trace decides that the best way to handle this is just to dump the spice entirely, which is the first time that Rafo and Ahsoka agree is that this was a terrible idea. That's <laughs> yeah, um, clearly the worst option. <laughs> and the way they do that is actually pretty hilarious. Um, it is. And, and then they um, uh, wind up finding a way to trick the spice people the the criminals using jedi mind tricks but they just seem to be barely getting away and that's when we fade to black um right 
Or yeah. they seem to just be not getting away because there's a tractor beam, right? So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I miss I missed that part at the very end, but yeah. So so okay. clearly we're we're not done with that. Uh, and it's with the Pikes who do feature in quite quite big in season six, which I thought was also interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So what's uh what's your, what's your take on on these stories we got today? Well, so I think um I really enjoyed episode five a lot. Um. They, you know, they spend two minutes up front basically establishing Ahsoka's badassery, I think. Yeah. Partially because, like, it's been a while and it's like, hey, don't forget, like, she can do awesome things, like, physically, like, you know, um, Jedi kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think they do that partially also because it's a fairly quiet episode. Yeah. It feels, like, kind of small to me. Like, not epic. Um, which, I, I mean, I don't mean small in a bad way. I mean, it's it's yeah. this little local thing with a small number of characters. It's not about the war. It's about, like, not the war. It's about what's going on. You know, how do regular folks feel about the war, about right. politics, about everything going on. Um, it kind of feels to me a little bit like the second movement of a symphony. You mm-hmm. know, like, the, the first four episodes... Or this one arc that was this big, loud arc. And then this is like, okay, we're going to slow it down, get get a little smaller um, in terms of the number of characters and sort of the scope of what's going on. These like personal, very individual problems. Um, you know, at the same time, it had, uh, you know, some, some of the same themes, right? Like right. Ahsoka here is is someone who was part of the republic army or part of this big institution the jedi but she doesn't have a place there anymore i mean she chose that right it's a different situation than echo but you know similarly she's now trying to figure out like well what do i do like you know where's my place right and, and in some ways the smallness of it which i agree with you i really like uh, it reminds me kind of like of ant-man as compared to the rest of the mcu yeah. movies yeah yeah um <clears throat> And I think it's not even just that it's separate, but it's kind of an interesting commentary because part of what happens in the episode is Ahsoka kind of realizes that, like, the people on the ground, the people in theory that the Jedi are fighting for, they don't really care about this Clone War. And they think it's all kind of just Jedi pompousness. And yeah. so I, I, I think like it's, it's a really nice commentary because it's Ahsoka kind of realizing, yeah, most of the Clone Wars has been in theory about these people and about protecting these people who don't really want it and don't really know what's going on and don't really care much. And so I, I, I thought yeah. that was just a fantastic commentary on kind of everything we've seen up to this point. For sure. I mean, and like real world events too, right? Where there's often a lot of things going on in the world, which are very large in scope, but that, you know, the people living in a country, well, like specifically like say the United States going and waging war throughout the world. But like for the people in the United States, by and large, it's kind of like, eh, like, yeah. it's a thing going on and people have different political opinions on it. But outside of, you know, say, soldiers and family of soldiers, like, there isn't that much actual impact on the day-to-day lives of people. And so there, there's this, you know, detachment. Where, whereas, you know, the, the planets that are um, sort of being fought over, um, like in, uh, what were their names? The... The, the, the yeah the yeah in the last four episodes yeah yeah exactly um you know that that planet people are getting killed there you know it's a big deal but you know meanwhile on Coruscant it's like uh I need another spark plug for my ship you know yeah which like matters a ton to that person but it's just it's so so separate you know even though um 
in theory, it's sort of being done in their name, right? Yeah. I, I think that's really true. And I think um, it's interesting. You were talking about modern day stuff, and I definitely think that's true. But the other thing I go to is um, most of my family on my father's side are Jewish, and quite a lot of them come from a town called Bialystok, which yeah. – um, and most of my family came over, you know, around uh, mid to late 1800s. And obviously, you know, they, they met people from other places, but but more than a couple came from this one particular area. And and I was always, you know, when I was a kid, and I wanted to know, like, you know, what am I? Am I Irish? Am I Russian? Am I Polish? And, and I would often ask them, like, well, where, you know, we're Jewish, but, like, where in Europe did we come from? Are we Russian Jews? Are we German Jews? Are we Ukrainian Jews? Like, what is it? And what I kind of realized, both from hearing their stories, but also in doing some more study and, like, into kind of the experience of a lot of Eastern European Jewish immigrants is this is a part of the world that every 20 years was conquered by someone new. And right. that to those people, they weren't be like, oh, now we're Lithuanians. Now we're Polish. Now we're Germans. It was just like we're Jews. We're living here and we're conquered by someone new every 20 years. And we have to remember, like, who do we salute and who do we not talk bad about and who do we pay taxes to? But other than that, all these wars don't really affect us. We're, we're still right. oppressed. We're still paying taxes. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's kind of how I felt here and how I felt like it must have been on some of these worlds where, like, now it's the Republic that's winning. Now it's the Separatists that's winning. You know, like, maybe the Separatists are a little bit crueler, but for the people really on the ground, like, the big political issues may not matter as much. Right. It's and like, do I have clean water? Like, do yeah. I have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And in Coruscant, it's like they're they're literally below the surface, right? They're right. in the, the physical underworld of of Coruscant and and so whatever's happening up on the surface you know or in the stars it's like that I think is it's actually physic they're very physically removed from it and then they're also removed from it in terms of what effect it has on them right I mean and in some ways I feel like at first when I found out that they were they were literally making a Kessel run of sorts right yeah 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 Yeah. which is a phrase made famous by Han Solo saying in the very first of the first movie that was made New Hope yeah, I believe and, 12 parsecs it was. Yeah. <laughs> and at first I was like, oh, really? We're doing Castle again? This is how little originality you have? Right. The way they told the story, I wound up really liking it because part mm-hmm. of what I get out of it is these two criminals, are, you know, the two sisters, have no idea what they're getting into. Like, Ahsoka right. hears it. They're like, Castle? Oh, oh, that's terrible. Oh, the Pikes. The Pikes are this horrible criminal family because she knows all this stuff. And, yeah. and the two sisters literally, like, A, they have no idea what it is. And they get really suspicious that Ahsoka knows. And so I actually thought, like, using Castle was a brilliant way of illustrating that. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was very effective in that way. Um, that I, I guess that, that brings up the question, like, what do you what do you think about Ahsoka not having any transparency about who she is? I mean, I think, I think it's interesting. I think it's actually kind of fitting because yeah. she clearly is trying... Oh, you mean, you know, the fact that she's lying like she is? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that she's, like... Like, what, you know, why is she? And, right. you know. Well, it's interesting because at first I thought you meant the opposite because she's so bad at it. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it seems it's a little bit of a trope. I mean, I think we're supposed to think, like, she's on the run, so she's not supposed to tell right. people who she is. And I I kind of wish they had established that, established why she feels she needs to do that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, is she on the run? Did she run away or she just left? I mean, I think my memory is that they kind of kicked her out, but then sort of were like, well, maybe we made a mistake. And she's like, no, like, if you trust me this little, I'm leaving. Yeah, Um, that's my memory, too. Yeah, and I I think we're supposed to think that maybe, like, you know, a Force user who's no longer has the protection of the Jedi, that they might be vulnerable Mm. to other people. 
But yeah. you're right. It, it's it's not really established, and I wish it was more. Um, yeah. I, because either I, I think there's two ways to look at it. One of which is she has legitimate reasons to want to do this. We just haven't been told them. The one that I think would make sense is if uh, there aren't really legitimate reasons, but Ahsoka sort of feels like there have to be, both just because she's literally never lived in this world. She's she grew up yeah. since a very young child as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I. <clears throat> It's one of those things, again, where and, I, I feel like we ask this a lot. I don't know how much credit I should give the writers. Right, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, I think we'll find out in episode three a little bit, like, like it'll probably blow up, and then they'll be like, oh, why didn't you tell us this, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Episode three, I mean episode seven, but episode yeah. three of this arc. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I do, though, think that, like, maybe she doesn't, like, want to be defined by that. Yeah. But in the eyes of everyone she meets, right? She doesn't want everyone to see her as, oh, you were a Jedi, you know? Right. And then have to get into that. Well, especially because I think, as she's seen, in a lot of places, people have this real hero worship of the Jedi. In other places, yeah. they have real bitterness to it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think actually you're making a very good point that I hadn't thought of. Her whole experience has really soured her on it. I think she really doesn't want to be seen as a Jedi anymore. So it makes sense that she'd yeah. be like, no, no, that's not my bag. I don't want to be connected to them. Yeah, and she and I think on both ends, right? She doesn't want to be sort of hero worshipped for being something that she doesn't want to be anymore or isn't anymore, like isn't a Jedi as in not part of the order. And then she also doesn't want to be vilified for an organization that she decided to leave. Yeah. Like and so all of that seems very reasonable. And, you know, it I think we saw like in the Clone Wars series, we've seen a fair number of non Jedi, non Sith force users, right? Um but in in the rest in general in the Star Wars universe, there's not a lot of room for them. I mean, right. like in terms of the, the the eyes of the public within the universe, right? And I think even there um, haven't most of them been dark Jedi to some extent or another, or at the most great. Like I don't think we've seen any. The only people who I know of who I can remember who used to be Jedi but have left, yeah, are Sifo Dyas and Count Dooku, both of whom become Sith. Wasn't there some guy who was kind of like a hippie Jedi who wasn't a Jedi? He was just like a Force user. That may be right. Like, I mean, certainly we've, we've had some who weren't necessarily dark Jedi. Yeah. But I don't think any who actually went through Jedi training and left the Jedi. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I just mean like Force sensitive. I mean, like there's the... Oh, yeah. What, the the witches or whatever. And obviously they're... Right. Um, I, th- I mean, are they using... They're using the Force, right? They're not using like... Yeah, magic? magic? I, I, is that a separate thing? or that's? I think they're supposed the to be meant to be using both. Um, okay. And that's kind of explored a little bit in Season 6. Um, yeah. It brings up for me, though, what I think is my biggest frustration with this so far, and I'm hoping it, it changes, but the more it goes on, the more I'm thinking it's not, which is at the end of Season 5, when um, Ahsoka um, is, is really kind of disillusioned with the Jedi and is leaving, if I remember, one of her last scenes is her meeting up with Ventress. Who has gone through sort of a yeah. similar journey with the Sith. And, like, I have ever since I watched that years ago thought that the, the Star Wars show I most want to see is <laughs> the Ahsoka Ventress buddy cop show. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, where the two yeah. of them are, like, you know, heroes for hire and kind of going off and constantly having this balance between the two of them as they've each kind of walked away from the two, two um, extremes and trying to find the middle. Um, yeah. We're not seeing Ventress at all. Have you been kind of thinking about wanting to see more Ventress in this or wondering if Ventress is going to show up? Yeah. Um, I've, I've definitely been curious sort of what, you know, where she goes after that. And I think given that her and Ahsoka are on 
kind of mirrored paths, um, I, th I think their interactions would be very interesting and, you know, um, a sort of team up in whatever sort of circumstances would, I think would be very interesting. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to see. Um, but yeah, I, like I have to going back to your original question. Yeah. I, I have to imagine that in the next episode or the one after it, um, what she does is going to, they're going to start to figure out. I mean, just if nothing else, the two sisters certainly seem very, um, suspicious and yeah, the Pike seem like an interesting choice because the Pikes actually feature fairly prominently in season six. Um, mm -hmm. In that the Pikes are the ones who were holding, um, uh, I, I forget the exact details, but basically like Sifo Diaz and a person who was working directly for the Chancellor, who both of whom were revealed to be Sith, uh, if not Sith enthusiasts, I think maybe could be the best way to describe it. Um, right. But like the Pikes certainly knew that, and the Pikes had been working with um, Darth Sidious and then broke away from him during all that. Now, all of that happens, if the chronology makes sense, after what we're seeing now. But Well, I should say, them breaking away from Sidious does, but certainly they worked right. with Sidious with the clone issue years before. Um, so I, I'm wondering, how, like, certainly the Pikes know quite a lot about the Jedi and Jedi powers. So I imagine that's going to play a role somewhere in this. Yeah, I mean, whether they figure out that, you know, she used her Jedi mind trick on the one guy, and also just, like, as the stakes escalate as they get in you know are in you know mortal danger perhaps like it'll be like well are you going to use your powers to get out of this or right. are you just going to be like yeah you could go ahead and kill us or whatever <laughs> um yeah i definitely think that's going to play a part of it i also i am guessing i'm going to make this prediction now that to some extent ahsoka is going to find out more about the clone issue like mm -hmm. and that that's mm. gonna, that there's gonna be some degree of like does she go back to the Jedi? Does she tell them what she's learned? Like, because it just – and granted, this is because I just watched that those episodes of season six right before we started this rewatch, this watch of season seven. They were such a prominent part of it that it seems like to make it just a coincidence that that's where Ahsoka goes seems a little weird to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I think that would be interesting if they, you know, circle back into that. And then it it would make it feel like, you know, this arc is more part of um, – kind of trying to tie up um, the Clone Wars series and set up, you know, Revenge of the Sith a little bit more. Right. Um, more neatly, you know, uh, as opposed to like here. I mean, I'm perfectly happy to have a story that's just like, you know, Ahsoka and pals. Yeah. Right. Um, and like, I'd, I'd watch a season of that, but, or a series. Right. Um, but... It, it does make some sense to have everything kind of like pull back in, in a way, mm -hmm. um, you know and I mean? In, in episode six, they have that one scene with Anakin, right? Where like, I think he knows that Ahsoka's on the ship, you know, yeah. or he, he thinks, you know, I mean, he, he senses, um, and he's like, you know, no, go ahead, you know, let her go. Mm -hmm. Um, which to me is also like, it raises the question. So like, I've, you know, I've always thought like, well, in Revenge of the Sith, they go around and they start trying to kill all the Jedi. Like, what happens to Ahsoka? Like, does oh, Anakin yeah. kind of have a similar moment or a similar sort of, like, in his mind somewhere is like, yeah, you know, just, like, let her go. Like, yeah. like he, like he, I don't think he goes around, like, trying to track her down, right? Um, but, like, so I, to me that's sort of, like, almost, like, maybe a nod to that as, like, that that might be what then happens further down the line. That's actually a really good point, and especially because, like, 
you know, Ahsoka is not a Jedi. And so if right. Sidious has commanded Anakin to, like, kill all the Jedi, you know, I can see him saying, like, Ahsoka isn't one. And right. the Sith exactly. don't want to recruit more Force users to their side because the rule of two. So it mm-hmm. sort of puts people like Ventress and Yeah, I, I – that would be an, a really interesting – I mean, one of my other big frustrations about the Star Wars universe in general is that we don't – you know, we don't have any idea, like, where – the Darth Vader of A New Hope is clearly very different than the scared boy who puts on all of the black armor at the end of right. Revenge of the Sith, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Part of, I think, um, the frustration some people have with Vader in Rogue One is that he's not yet the Vader of A New Hope. Um, right. I was going to say it would sort of make sense, actually, except then I remembered, like, no, that movie takes place five minutes before New Hope, so forget right, all right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's like... <laughs> Like, he's literally then goes and chases Leia and then is, like, the, you know, magnificent James Earl Jones. uh, No, what I I was thinking there is I got confused. I've been recently reading a a couple of books about uh, Tarkin and Tarkin's Mm. sort of growth. And one of them is set entirely in the period, like, maybe two to three years after uh, uh, Palpatine has become the Emperor. And it's, like, two to three years. And and there, clearly... um, Vader is still sort of finding who he is. And and one of the things that's most interesting is Tarkin basically figures out that Vader used to be Anakin and is like, nope, not going to say that. That seems like a really bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, I'll just keep that to myself. Yeah. Um, So it's a really interesting set of stories there. Um, But yeah, that, that, that's, that's another great question is like, why, why doesn't, why does Ahsoka not get hunted down? And I, I, I know that Ahsoka also appears in, Star Wars Rebels. Spoiler alert. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It's it's. Well, yeah, it, it's that's a fairly well known show, and I mean, certainly we know that like, we know she's still alive because it's been widely announced yeah, yeah. that she appears in Mandalorian. Which that course, was that was the one I was gonna say spoiler oh, alert yeah. for, but um, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So we know that she shows up later. So it's like, why does she show up later? How does she survive? Right. You know, maybe not being a Jedi saves her. Right. Yeah. Like maybe she left at just the right time. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've then ever- again. Then again, maybe Anakin doesn't become Vader if Ahsoka's still around, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of season five, I very much felt that was a big step for him towards, like, basically losing that attachment, that kind of, that responsibility. Yeah. Um, and, you know, which which isn't to blame her at all. Right. Um, you know, she makes the decision that seems reasonable given who the Jedi basically kind of reveal themselves to be and reasonable for her. But, um, you know, ev- everything has consequences. And, and I do think she was a, a good influence on him, yeah. you know. And, and more so, like, their relationship, I think, was a good influence to an extent on both of them. I mean, it kind of, you know, she didn't follow the regular, like, Jedi path exactly. Because mm-hmm. he was always kind of disobeying orders and, you know, um, following his own path, forging his own path. But, um I think she feels maybe more free to do that seeing, you know, her, you know, Jedi master or whatever, basically doing that himself. And so, um, I think her, I mean, she may have already like had a tendency that way. Maybe that's sort of how they ended up being, you know, how she ended up being his Padawan anyway. But, um, but I, I think that her, you know, choosing her own path, um, you know, in the end, maybe things go the way they do, you know, partially because of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point, especially because, um, I, I, like I said, I'm rewatching the original Clone Wars uh, series. I'm into season two now. 
And one of the things I think that you see a lot is, um, you know, there are some legitimate concerns with the Jedi, and Anakin is pointing them out. And to some extent, like, there's a lot of times where Anakin fights with a Jedi, and you kind of think Anakin is right. And and so in that way, Anakin is instilling a lot of that in Ahsoka in, I think, some good ways. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Ahsoka is kind of a counterbalance to Anakin, both because she reigns him in sometimes, but also, and I think this is one of the most brilliant parts of the original Clone Wars, there are times where Ahsoka is like, oh, okay, well, Anakin does this, so I should do it too. And, like, Anakin can't see the problem in himself, but when he sees Ahsoka yeah. step over the line, he's yeah. kind of like, yeah. oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's learning bad things because I'm doing bad. And that's kind of, I think, what yeah. kind of makes it take five or six or seven seasons for him to become Darth Vader is that he's still, like, he does have this moment, and especially it's with Ahsoka. He sees, like, oh, yeah, we're falling a little bit too far. Right. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's an extent to which he can see himself outside of himself by being reflected in someone else. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's. I I hope we're gonna get. It's weird bringing Ahsoka back makes me so happy. It may, I think it's the best thing that's happened in the show so far, but it also just makes me nervous because there's so many loose ends with Ahsoka that I want them to tie up at least yeah. a couple of them. Um, right. You know, because and just, they definitely won't tie up all of them. I think. Right. I think it's true, but I think if they give us at least a little more of what's what's the resolution between Ahsoka and Anakin, and what's the resolution between Ahsoka and the Jedi? Because right. You know, in some ways, I feel like a story where a person leaves a group, that's not really the end. Because they always, I think, have to have a moment where they're tempted to go back. And I could yeah. see there being a moment where Ahsoka is like, okay, I have this information about the clones. I bring it to the Jedi. And the Jedi are like, okay, cool, come back. And that's re- that, to me, would be when the moment when she really says, like, no, I need to stay away. Um, yeah, that's like the consolidation of the decision she made. Exactly. The, like, reinforcement. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, and so let's talk about some of the uh, the other characters, especially the sisters. And I think part of why we decided to do these two episodes together is that there's we're re- really just reestablishing characters, and so to some extent, not that much happens. Um, and in episode two, it's just like kind of a this happens, this happens, this happens. But there's not that much of a story. There's not much to to sink our teeth into. But there's certainly some. Um, what's your kind of take on the on the sisters and the story we're we're hearing about them? Uh, I like the sisters. I think the um, I like Trace. Right, I think she's um, an interesting character who who fits well with Ahsoka and their interactions. I think um, Rafa's clo- like feels like she could be close to being kind of a sort of the the generic kind of like get you know kind of get the other character in trouble kind of character. But mm-hmm. I do feel like she's like. She, the things that she's doing aren't like particularly great necessarily, and they can be dangerous. Um, but I do think she actually is legitimately looking out for her sister, right? Like I right. think in her mind, she's doing what's best for her family. And I mean, we don't know what happened before. I mean, we don't see their parents anywhere. We don't really see any other friends that they have. So whatever happened, however they got to this point, it seems like they've been together, the two of them, for a long time, basically. Um, the older sister looking out for the younger sister, but kind of also kind of like using her to get things done, um, which, you know, I I think is kind of a nice complex relationship. And in a weird way, I mean, both with the older sister, sometimes manipulating the younger sister and the younger sister being a little bit more of like the moral center and kind of being like, should we really do this? There's a Mm -hmm. little bit of an Anakin Ahsoka um, mirror Mm -hmm. there, which I think is kind of for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like the characters too. I think there's a lot of believability. I think it, um, 
Especially the idea that, like, you know, if you're pretty good at dealing with small-time criminals in a small-time world, thinking you can go a couple of steps up and not realizing that, like, just how different Kessel and the Pikes and all that are, that, that yeah. ignorance makes some sense. I think um, the one thing that threw me, and again, this is kind of a small deal, but um, if you tell me that someone is really, like, hard scrabble and poor and doesn't really have anything, and oh. all they have is this boat say. repair yacht, boat <laughs> repair yard... Where somehow they've managed to put together a boat, a yacht that can haul (laughs) cargo across major oceans, but they're just hard scrabble. I'm sort of like, you seem more like middle class to me, maybe. Right, 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 right. I I get what they're going for, and I I get that they wanted them to be able to have an interstellar ship to do that. And maybe part of the point is that in this world, having an interstellar ship is that dirt cheap, although then it kind of makes – why well, it's so hard for Luke to get one at the um, start of New Hope make not much sense, but like... Well, but there's different planets. There's Coruscant. Coruscant poor isn't the same as Tatooine poor. That's definitely you know? true. That's definitely true. Also, there's some intervening time. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's actually a really interesting comment on... Well, so first of all, you can look at it. And my, my first thought, like, I'm like, okay, she's in... Okay, oh, she owns this. Then I think that... I think Rafa owns, like, a laundromat, too. Yeah. Right? That's, that's like, the front business. Yeah, exactly. Which at first I didn't really, I thought she was like robbing a safe deposit place. And then eventually I was like, oh, I get it. It's a laundromat. And like someone left their helmet there or something or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and at, and my, my first thought was like, this is ridiculous. These people <laughs> are supposed to be scrounging for this and that. And like all they have is like these these two businesses and like a <laughs> spaceship. And it's like, what? Um, you know, but then, I mean. Then you think about it, right? And it's like, it's, at at first blush, it's ridiculous. But, the, I mean, there are things in the real world where, you know, I mean, in, in our world, right? Where, I mean, if you think about a car, like, mm-hmm. once upon a time, a car was like a really rare, expensive, valuable thing, right? right. And in certain areas, it still is that, Right. And in other areas, it's like you can get a you can basically get someone to give you a broke down car because they don't want it anymore. Because right. so I sort of feel like she like got the you know the like spaceship from a junkyard kind of thing. I mean I don't know how they got it into the hangar. Maybe there was a repair shop there. The repair shop went out of business, and like it was on Craigslist for like 20 bucks, you know? I mean, so and it's like, and it comes with a spaceship and they were thinking like, actually the spaceship's a liability because it doesn't work. And you know, so now you can't land something else there. I don't know. The implication I got isn't that she like repaired a spaceship. It's that she built a spaceship. Right. Right. I mean, I don't think she built it from scratch. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that seems like the sort of thing that's probably done in a factory with droids, but like, I mean, may, maybe she did build it from scratch, yeah. but like, wow yeah yeah where'd she get the stuff my take on it is i I think it makes a little more sense if they're not like utter bottom of the totem pole in terms of criminal empires but they're kind of like you know they're running a small little criminal enterprise but that has a Mm -hmm. little bit of power and like you know that they're a little bit of like medium-sized fish in a tiny pond Um, right and that kind of makes a little more sense to me uh it doesn't quite fit with some of what they say but i think it fits with a lot of what they say yeah yeah. But I'm glad we definitely um, had that same moment of like, wait, you're this poor and you built a <laughs> yeah. spaceship? 
I mean, it's like when you watch any sitcom on in set in New York ever, you yeah. know? <laughs> and you're like, wait, you're talking about how broke you are and you have this apartment? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you can't afford that apartment. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a reality check there thing that just doesn't happen. Um, I, I do think, um, I, I will say, just as like, you know, this isn't my superhero ethics podcast, but obviously we talk about ethical issues a lot. And so... Honestly, I think it's the funniest line I've heard in Star Wars in a long time, but it also made me so happy when at one point, um, you know, Ahsoka was saying, like, we really shouldn't be engaged in all of this. And so Trace then goes, OK, fine, we'll get rid of the spice. And Ahsoka's like, what are you doing? And, right. and Trace is clearly confused because I think she was like, I thought you said you wanted me to get rid of it. And, and Ahsoka says in this beautiful deadpan that that was more of an ethical debate. <laughs> And it just – I mean, I think anyone would think it was funny, but especially for me, it made it so funny because part of what I think she was saying there was, sure, the ethics are nice, but now your ethics are going to get us killed. So, like, Right, right, and yeah. Kind of in some way she's saying, like, look, ethical debates are nice, but right now we've got to figure out the practical. Um, right. We have to figure out what we're going to do right now that – like, we shouldn't have gotten into this situation. Right. This was an ethical, you know – disaster but like now it's a, a pragmatic disaster and <laughs> so first we gotta deal with you know what's in front of us right because and then we can talk about like how we got here and i also think it, it, it's kind of a nice sign of ahsoka realizing like just how different a world she's in because she's yeah. used to a world of people who are basically like philosophers with swords you know like right. who spend yeah. all their time having these deep ethical debates because they realize that, like, that's important, and then we do the practical stuff. And I think she just has this incredible amount of shock when she's like, wait, no, this is the point where we're all pompous and philosophize at each other, and then we figure out the plan. Like, right. And they're like, okay, but so we're going to kill him, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to kill him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just so good. I was like, okay, that that's why I love Ahsoka. That's why I'm so glad this show's happening. Yeah. That was very good. And I feel like I, I definitely do think they've aged Ahsoka up. Um, part of that may also be the I, – I think it's the same voice actor. Um, and I just think her voice has changed over like 14 years, yeah. or however long it is, yeah. like maybe 12, eight years by I now. I think it's less, but um, yeah. And yeah. she does look oh, no, taller. Um, and I felt like in the original show, they never quite, it, it felt like they wanted her to be prepubescent when it was made sense and more of a teenager when it didn't make, when, when that was more useful. And this yeah. feels like they're just like, nope, we're just like, she's 16. You know, she's a teenager right. at this point. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, I actually think, like, she feels even more, like, 20-ish to me. Um, yeah, I think it's really possible. But, like, you know, and, I mean, time does pass in throughout the series, right? right? So, she should seem older now than she did at the beginning of the series. She probably shouldn't seem older than she did at the end of the last time we saw her, since it seems like she basically just drove her speeder west and then fell down a hole. Right. Like, I mean, I, th know, I think um, canonically we're told that the, the, the Clone Wars lasted three years um so that's right. kind of a limitation but yeah that, that is yeah and part of what i think it gets to is i mean this is something that came up for me all throughout the um clone wars tv show the original season whether ahsoka is like 10 or 12 or even 14 the fact that she's a general giving everyone orders is kind yeah. of ridiculous and oh i feel like maybe the idea is supposed to be like well but she's a jedi so so every jedi is smarter than any general or clone right which is dumb but maybe that's the conceit of the world and maybe part of what they're realizing is like, okay, that's fine, but when you take a fourteen-year-old kid and dump her in the middle of the criminal underground, yeah, and she's not a Jedi, this isn't going to work at all. So we kind of just have to fudge it and make her at least a young adult, right? Yeah, um, 
That that's certainly possible. Um, you know, I mean, I would say that like as ridiculous as it is to have someone, or at, rather, as ridiculous as it seems to have someone that young in charge of like armies and whatever, blah blah blah. blah um, you know, there is a lot of experience and you know, actual, um, like learning that she does that is very different from like somebody just getting to be older over right. time. And, you know, I mean, and those people are also, you know, in the, in the army or the Navy or whatever you call it. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, I have a major, Oh, go ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say, I have a major issue with star Wars and years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether it's like really, um, clarified somewhere, but you know, with all this inter, I think it's interstellar travel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, traveling throughout the galaxy at uh, hyper, you know, at going insanely fast. Time shouldn't actually, like, you know, relativity, basically. Yeah. Like, time shouldn't be the same. Like, not everybody's going to experience the same time, right? So, I mean, there's the whole thing about, like, how did everybody forget in, like, 20 years like that the Jedi were a thing, right. you know, and then again, another 20 years later or 40 years later, or whatever it is, that's a little more believable between like Empire Strikes Back, I'm uh, sorry, between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Right. But like the time between Revenge of the Sith and, you know, Rogue One or A New Hope, it's like, really? That was like, that was like a couple decades ago. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> I've always in my, I've sort of headcanned in it like, well, it's in space, so maybe since Luke was on Tatooine, this or that, like, things haven't gone exactly in a, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think there are ways to, to headcanon it, but you're right. The timelines don't make sense, especially in terms of space. Like, certainly I've I, I felt that, like, you know, sh- ships move at the speed of plot. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, because, like, there are times Absolutely. when, like, it takes forever to get anywhere. But then, like, you know, in there, there are times in Rogue One where people can, like, radio back to Yavin 4 and have X-Wing show up, like, on a completely different planet 15 minutes, 10 minutes yeah, later. Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I think certainly that happens in a lot of the movies, so yeah, I think that it definitely feels like on some, at some point in time, the writers of all this said, you know what, that's a level of reality that we're not going to worry about, and you're just going to have to trust us, and it's, yeah, it's annoying, and I wish there was some more consistency, but I get that that's what they have to do to tell the story, and and, and that's why this isn't science fiction. This is space fantasy, you know, like right. It's a space opera. It's... But but you're right. It's definitely it, it's it's annoying to me that if you try to dig down into it, it's hard to figure it all out. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish that there was a little bit more consistency in terms of where do things fall chronologically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and but you know, I think we just kind of have to just be like. Okay, you know, like, we'll just let that one just, you know, have an idea of what happens in what sequence, but that, like, the actual time periods involved are just going to be kind of hand-wavy, and we just have to kind of accept that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that's that's definitely a good idea. Um, Yeah, so I think, obviously, we've got a lot set up for the next episode. Is there anything more on on these two that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I just wanted to mention um, what was actually my favorite scene um, was, I mean... Like, almost nothing happens in it. Like, uh, Ahsoka's fixing her bike, and then um, Trace says something, and Ahsoka's like, I don't even know why I'm here, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she kind of, you know, walks off, and she goes and stands on the the landing platform, and there's kind of, like, a, a little bit of a surge of, like, the Force music. 
while she's just standing there at the edge watching a ship go up. Oh, um, Like, kind of, like, float up. Um, and I, I thought it was a pretty explicit callback to um, to A New Hope with Luke watching the two suns uh, set on yeah. Tatooine. Um, and, you know, with the same music cue, not as overt as it is there, mm-hmm. but um, which has always had this sort of kind of sense of longing, um, which to me is sort of like a, it's like a connection to that which is far away, sort of. Right. Um, you know, and, and like Luke's on Tatooine, and I think he feels like he's supposed to be like up there, right? Yeah. Like out there somewhere, like there's something he's supposed to do, or he feels some connection to the world far away from him um and that's kind of in his in his mind right um and in kind of in his hopes um whereas with ahsoka that's maybe more in her memories Mm -hmm. um because that's where she was that's where she spent her whole life and so now she's like down here and maybe feeling like well like i think she maybe feels like she doesn't belong you know down down where she is but also she doesn't she still has this attachment to that which is beyond and that which she's where she isn't anymore. And I think still has a feeling of wanting to, to go there. I think it's a good point. And especially in Ahsoka's case, you know, she's in this interesting situation where she's totally lost faith with the Jedi, but she hasn't lost faith in the war that they were fighting. Like she, The show established that she was one of the most passionate believers in the cause and in fighting the separatists. And she really took very personally, like, the terrible things the separatists were doing to people and wanting to help. And yeah. I, I don't think I can imagine Ahsoka being the person who says, okay, I'm not a Jedi anymore, so I don't care about what Count Dooku's up to. I don't care what the droids are doing. I'm just going to try and build a life for myself here in Coruscant. Like, I think a part of her is going to still remember, like, the separatists are out there doing terrible things, and I want to be a part of it somehow. Yeah, she might want to be kind of involved in it as a free agent, essentially. Exactly, yeah. So I, I can definitely see her being um, a part of, of what's happening in some different ways. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a really good point. I hadn't noticed that bit with the music, but I think it's a really good catch. Okay, well, um, obviously I think we've got a lot to look forward to in the next couple of episodes. Um, what, what, what would you say? What's your one biggest hope? What's the thing you're hoping to see uh, with Ahsoka's storyline? I mean, I, I just want to see her lightsabers again. Uh, no, but yeah. <laughs> like, are they in that bag? They're in that bag, right? But she left that bag in the hangar. <laughs> I, I don't they know. Are. Um, I mean, I'd I'd like to see sort of how they resolve like her, like what's she doing about who she is, essentially, right? Like, is yeah. she like that's not going to be a question with the final answer, but. There's, there's going to be, she's going to have to make a choice at some point. I mean, they're, they're going to set things up in a way that she has to make a choice about, you know, kind of like coming out as a force user. And then what does that mean? And how does she explain that to her new friends or friends? I don't know whether her and Rafa are really friends yet. Uh, right. But like, you know, what does that mean? And how does she handle it? And does she then just like kind of go off on her own or like is, you know, are these like her new buddies and she's going to stick with them for a while? Um. Yeah. I, I think I'm in the same boat. I want to see like, where does her story get wrapped up? But really I want there to be, to me, there's two major characters who I want to see her resolution with, or at least where, where her life goes with. And one of them is Ventress and the other is Anakin. And I'm, I'm more hoping for Ventress, but I think realistically we're probably not getting that, but we might. 
but we're um but i certainly want to see with anakin like because i think you're right you raised a really good question of like why doesn't anakin vader kill her yeah during the right i Uh, think i think we oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i think we got her resolution with anakin like Mm. i don't know if that's going to be it but it feels to me like it could be and like i'd be okay with that in terms of like them face to face having a conversation i think could be great yeah but i kind of think that moment was a like he was just letting her go and now she's doing her basically you know she's doing what she's yeah. doing i think it's true i'd like there to be a little more of that even if it's yeah. just like anakin later like someone asking him about ahsoka and then being like yeah i think she's okay yeah um <clears throat> but whatever it is well anyway fans what do you think what how are you feeling about uh, ahsoka being back what's your take on uh, where she's going and what you had to say um you can find us um we have uh, a Facebook, a Twitter, and an email for super, for <laughs> keep making a mistake for Star Wars Universe podcast. All that's going to be in the show links. Um, <clears throat> let us know what you think. This is part of the uh, Stranded Panda Podcast Network. There's a lot of other great podcasts out there that we advise you to check into. And one thing we're doing right now is um, we're in the midst of a uh, really kicking it off next week, but I'll let you kind of folks know now, and we'll start now um, of a review drive for. Um, my other podcast, which is connected to this, uh, which Paul actually was the original co-host of, Superhero Ethics. Um, we're trying to get a lot of reviews on there. Um, so as all, we always want to hear your thoughts. But now, if you – anytime between now and the end of next week, if you write a review for Superhero Ethics, um, we'll, you'll be entered into a drawing to, wa- uh, to win a free MCU shirt or a free um, Superhero Ethics shirt, depending on which one you're most interested in. Um, and also, the people who run the MCU cast, the sort of – overall people the overall uh overlords of the stranded panda podcast network uh they're gonna they're actually um gonna be giving a free giveaway of the um uh video game the avengers video game that's coming out in the fall and so if you write a review for the superhero ethics podcast next week or for star wars uh universe podcast really either one uh you'll get entered into that drawing as well as well as if you're interested uh we'd be happy to read your review uh on air and thank you so would love it if you could write a review of either Superhero Ethics or this. Um, iTunes is the best place to do it. But if you do it somewhere else, just drop me an email and let me know. Again, all that information is in the show notes. So thank you, Paul. Thank you, fans. Let us know what you think. Drop a review and have a great day. 